and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God today and we're going to be talking a lot about missions as our message goes on. And later on, we're going to tell you about some of the great things that have happened uh, in regards to missions over the last 12 months. Uh, but before I do, just a couple of quick announcements. That's to let you know that our Bible reading plan is going ballistic. And we've had over 2,000 people subscribe over the month of January. So it's making a, a huge difference. Uh, sometimes you don't get to see all the things that go on midweek in the life of our church. But yesterday we held an Indigenous memorial service right here in our facility. And we had a couple of hundred Indigenous people uh, right here in our facility. And so how good is it that we can be a blessing beyond ourselves? So, so isn't God good? Let's give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. So good. Josh, if I could have a little bit more fallback, that would be greatly appreciated. I'm not supposed to have dairy, and I ate dairy, and I got a little bit of sinus, which affects the voice. The dairy I had was chocolate. Amen. <laughs> if I was to go around the auditorium and ask you to make a list of 10 people from the Scriptures that have impacted your life Whose names would you write? Some of you would write down perhaps Deborah. Others would write down maybe Paul. I know in Horizon Church there are many Joshua fans. <laughs> these names, these people, their lives have made a profound impact on our own personal journey. And of course we draw strength, we draw encouragement from their stories. Maybe this morning I can get you just for a moment. Let's liven up the auditorium a little bit. Why don't you call out at least one of their names? Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, the spiritual people said. <laughs> I heard it. In Hebrews chapter 11, there are heroes that are mentioned who despite opposition and persecution, they persevered and pushed through it. There are a whole series of names where we draw strength and encouragement from and we're going to have a look at one of those heroes this morning. It's the 10th name listed in Hebrews chapter 11. It takes us 31 verses to get to this person's name. Prior to their name, we hear of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and the 10th name, an interesting name, is Rahab, who was also known as Rahab the harlot. Why would a harlot, a prostitute, be listed as a faith hero? What is it about her life story that out of all names that could be mentioned in the hall of faith, this incredible chapter of faith, there is a harlot by the name of Rahab. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. And let's see what the Word of God says about 
Rahab the harlot. It says, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. By faith, the harlot Rahab. A Gentile prostitute is named as one of the great heroes of faith. Let's pick up the story. The story is, is that the children of Israel were about to conquer Jericho. In Jericho lived Rahab. Joshua commands two spies to go and scout out or spy out the city called Jericho. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 says, Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men to go and spy out, secretly spy out, go and view the land, especially Jericho. These two spies, their goal was to, I suppose you could call it an intel gathering exercise. They were there to find out about the gates and the walls and the military force that Jericho may have possessed. They wanted to discover the morale of the people. As these two spies walked the city streets, word began to get around that there were spies in the city of Jericho and the king ordered uh, for them to be found and soldiers went on a hunt. These two spies, out of all places they could choose to hide, they went to the home of Rahab the harlot. Rahab recognised them as Israelites and she begins to have a dialogue with these two spies and she realises that these spies, that they had come, of course, to scope out the land and something interesting happens in the heart of Rahab the harlot and she says to these two spies, I know that the Lord has given you this land. She begins to recount to them the story of what the children of Israel had previously gone through. She says, I know that you crossed the Red Sea and that God parted the waters and dried the land. She begins to declare numerous victories. She had become aware of the children of Israel and their victories. And in that moment, Rahab, the harlot, takes a giant step of faith and she says in Joshua chapter 2 verse 11, the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Rahab, although she lived in a pagan society, although she's got a colourful background, she begins to recognise that there is only one God and He is the God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Rahab makes a choice because as these soldiers are hunting for these two spies, she makes a decision to align herself with God's program. And by faith, Rahab hides the spies in the roof and she aligns herself with God's purpose And the Word of God says again in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who 
did not believe. In other words, she believed. She believed in the God of Israel. She believed in the God of heaven above and the earth beneath. The soldiers come to Rahab's business. They ask her, have you seen the two spies? Well, let's just say Rahab distracts them (laughs) and sends them on a fruitless pursuit. Kind of lied in some ways if we were to be really honest. And told the soldiers, well, they did come, but they went this way, that way. Soldiers believe Rahab and they go on a fruitless pursuit. Eventually, Rahab calls the spies down. She begins another dialogue with them. And in Joshua chapter 2, verse 12, she says, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness, watch this, to my family. She could have asked for land. She could have asked for money. She could have asked for influence. But she says to these spies, please show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. In other words, Rahab is saying, I want my family to be saved. Thank God for people who have a heart for their family, who have a heart for their children, who have a heart for their brothers and their sisters. She wanted them to be saved. They come up with a plan. And Rahab lowers a red rope. She lived on the city wall. And by the lowering of this red rope, a scarlet rope, a scarlet is, is, uh, you could almost say it's a bright red. By lowering this scarlet red rope out of the window, these spies were able to safely descend from on high, from the roof to the ground. But before they left, they said to Rahab, Rahab, because you have shown kindness to us, we will show kindness to you. And we ask that this red rope that we are gonna about to go down, that in Joshua chapter two, verse 18, when we come into the land to conquer it, the Scripture says, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window. Notice that the Word of God says, to bind the line. Make sure it's fixed. Make sure that it's steadfast. Make sure that it's strong. This scarlet thread, this scarlet line, this scarlet robe would be assigned to the children of Israel when they conquered Jericho, that that is Rahab's house. And because she showed kindness to us, we will show kindness to her. There are certain things that we need to bind in our lives. There are certain things that we should not be, uh, I suppose, fluid about. 
There are certain convictions that we should have as the people of God that we bind to our lives and to our family. We fix it, we make sure. We bind to the truth. We bind to serving Jesus with all of our heart. And eventually, you know the story, the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho and there was this scarlet cord hanging from the window of Rahab's house. And that scarlet cord protected Rahab and her family from imminent destruction. That scarlet cord became her point of identification. That scarlet cord became a sign of the covenant. That scarlet cord would provide for her and her family safe passage. She would not be destroyed. This scarlet cord, this weaving of this scarlet thread is all throughout Scripture. From the book of Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation, there is a scarlet thread that runs. Even in the Old Testament tabernacle, in its walls, in its curtains, the clothing of the priests, Moses was commanded that there would be a scarlet thread This tapestry is woven throughout the Scriptures in red. The great Bible teacher of yesteryear, William Evans, noted, cut the Bible anywhere and it bleeds. This crimson rope, this ordinary crimson rope, which is, of course, a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ, not only protected her, not only protected her family, but it also caused her to step into her destiny. In Joshua chapter six, verse 25, it says, And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messages whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. What an amazing story of God's grace. What an amazing story that this story, in essence, we could say is a picture, a real life story of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This scarlet thread runs throughout history. And at some point, it touched your life. It touched my life. Maybe for you in your family history, the scarlet thread touched a grandparent. Maybe it was your mum, maybe it was your dad, maybe it was a distant family relative who came to Christ and had an impact upon your life. But this scarlet thread is running through history and it eventually it will land in the book of Revelation when all comes to an end. It's a picture of the grace of God. It's a picture of the love of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ and His blood shed for you and I. This scarlet thread touched my life at the age of 14. 
on an ordinary Saturday morning. I was getting ready to go to my soccer game. (laughs) And a man comes knocking at the door of our house in Perth, Western Australia. His name was Mark. I remember Mark when my family would have some family gatherings. You know, South African people kind of connect, have biltong and everyone's happy. (laughs) And I remember Mark having long, dready, kind of dreadlock, reggae kind of vibes. Let's just say he was not only smoking cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) And he knocks on the door of our house and I open up the door and there's Mark. Mark had changed. Something was different. I looked into his eyes and he was like, Something was shining out of his face. And just in one moment, one visual impact, God started to touch my heart. I'm like, Mark, you look different. (laughs) What happened to your dreadies? Your eyes aren't red. (laughs) And he said, Brad, I've come to your house. I'd never had a personal interaction with him Ever in the past, he was kind of in his early 20s. I was 14, you know, don't going to hang out. And he said, I came to your house because I want to see if you want to come to my youth group tonight. I'm like, well, I got soccer today, but I can come to youth group tonight. It was my mum's birthday. And I asked my mum, do you mind if I go to youth group? I was a little bit troubled at the time, so my mum was like, go to youth group. (laughs) (laughs) He picked me up south of Perth, drove over the Narrows Bridge, those of you who know Perth, north of the river, and went to an ordinary church called Girawin Assemblies of God. And as a 14-year-old, this man stood at the front, they played music, People lifted up their hands. I'm like, why are you lift up your hands for? It's like strange, you know. (laughs) And I sat on the very last row. And as he preached, I kept hearing the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And the scarlet thread that touched your family, your life, my life, began to touch my heart. And it came to the salvation call. And I thought, I'm 14. I've got lots of parties to go to. Honestly, this is what I was thinking. (laughs) I'm just telling you the truth this morning. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready for this. He gave the salvation call. I didn't put up my hand. And then he pulled out the classic 1980s Pentecostal line. And he said, if you were to walk out of this building... (laughs) And a drunk driver came down the road, crossed over to the other side and hit you. Where would you go? And I thought, I'll probably end up with Furnace Face. (laughs) I want to get saved. I lifted up my hand. I gave my heart to Jesus. I looked over at my friend who was my soccer buddy. I brought him to to youth group as well. I wasn't even saved and I was bringing people to church, amen. (laughs) And I'm like, I lift up my hand. You need to lift up your hand as well. I'm not going by myself. Because I was the only one. 
He lifted up his hand. You know, back then, you remember those days, you got taken to a side room. You got prayed for. And I had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And the crimson rope, the blood of Jesus Christ, just like Rahab had the opportunity to believe, I was given the opportunity to believe. One week later, it was baptismal service. I'm like, I want to get baptised. I stood in the baptismal pool back in the 80s, you know, Pentecostal church. You give a testimony when you get baptised. Who remembers those days? And I was like so scared. I'm 14. Don't want to talk in front of people. I've actually still got it. I've still got the audio cassette of everything that I said. I should play it for you one day. I don't know why I said this. My mum was so upset with me. I said, I used to not honour my mum and dad, but now I do. My mum's like, yes, you do honour us. Why would you tell everyone that? <laughs> but I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> and I got baptised in water. A week later, I was invited to a prayer meeting. And in this prayer meeting, people were praying in tongues, praying in the language of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, without anyone praying for me, it's like water just washed all over me. And I began to speak in the language of the Spirit. My life was changed. It was school holidays, 25th of June, 1988. I am 29 now, but anyway, we won't go there. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. He said, when you go back to school, I want you to tell other people about my love. Spoke to my school chaplain. Thank God for school chaplains. He said, let's start up a prayer meeting. He says, yeah, we can, we can have a prayer meeting. Didn't know how to pray. Didn't know much about the Bible. But the scarlet thread was changing me, was impacting me. Year nine English, Mrs. Lawson was getting very upset at me because I kept talking about God all the time. She goes, okay, Brad, I need to have a meeting with you. I said, yes, Mrs. Lawson. She says, you talk about God too much in my English class. So I'm gonna give you one opportunity. And then that, after that, you cannot talk about God in my English class anymore. Yes, Mrs. Lawson. She goes, I'm gonna give you five minutes to talk to the class. I didn't know what else to speak on. So guess what I spoke on? Hell. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one got saved. <laughs> but Deborah started having dreams. She started having dreams about eternity. She came to the prayer meeting. She gave her heart to Jesus. The scarlet thread, the scarlet thread touched the life of Rahab, touches your life, it touches my life. Rahab integrates with the children of Israel. She becomes a part of their story, Jews and Gentiles. She marries a man by the name of Salmon. They have a child. His name is Boaz. Boaz marries Ruth. They have a child. His name is Obed. Obed has a son. 
His name is Jesse. Jesse has a son and names him David. The Jericho prostitute, a Gentile, becomes the great, great grandmother of King David. This scarlet thread is so powerful that not only does it change our lives, but it touches the lives of our children and their children and their children. People are brought into destiny. People are brought into the purposes of God as they encounter the scarlet thread. James speaks about four people in his, in his writings. He speaks about Abraham, who was known for his enduring belief. He speaks about Job, who was known for his perseverance. He speaks about Elijah for his prayer life. Elijah was a man just like you and I, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again. The heaven gave its rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Then he speaks about Rahab. And Rahab is listed in the book of James among some pretty potent, amazing people. And Rahab is spoken about for her faith. The scarlet thread moves through history. It's weaving on the streets today as people open up their hearts across this nation and the nations of the world, touching people's lives, creating destiny, creating story, bringing people into purpose. When you walked into this building this morning, mums and dads, young people, teenagers, young adults, children, figuratively speaking, we walk alongside of Rahab and John Newton and the song echoes over all of our lives. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see. Is that it goes? No, I said it wrong. I should, maybe I should sing it. See, when you, when you speak about words in songs, you don't get them around. And saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Missions, ladies and gentlemen, is a continuation of the scarlet thread. Missions is an investment, not just a contribution. Never use the word contribution. It's a supernatural investment that the scarlet thread, the journey, touches many lives. Birthday in a box. Jim and Julie Peters, school chaplaincy. See, my school chaplain, she changed my life. Because I had come from a home where older brother, older sister, they were going to nightclubs. I was 14, trying to serve Jesus. I was the only one in my family that would go to church. My dad would drop me off, brother would pick me up, or my sister. And my school chaplain, 
became a source of encouragement and strength to me. I had this weird belief that if you committed one sin, you were going to hell. And I was like, man, Christianity's so bad. I'm like, I was like, I spoke to my chaplain about it. She gave me this verse and I've never forgotten it. On a little card, she got it. They were given all these little cards by Word Bookstore. Who remembers Word Bookstore? And the, and the card said, he who has the son has life. And she says, Brad, do you have the son? I said, yes, I do. She says, you have life. Changed my life. Yeah, come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Our investment into missions in so many arenas. Red Frogs uh, is one of them. What, what, a, what a huge ministry, touching the nation, touching young people across this nation. Lives have been changed. Can I show you a verse? Are you doing okay today? Yeah. Song of Solomon. Who quotes Song of Solomon? Today we are. <laughs> Your lips are like a scarlet thread and your words are delightful. Just tell the person next to you, your lips, <laughs> scarlet thread. <laughs> Good way to find a wife or a husband, you never know. <laughs> so many in the world cursed Christ today. But we, his sons and his daughters, we have that blessed story. Amen. On where? Our lips. It's the story of redemption. It's the story of grace. It's the story of forgiveness. That the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you and for me, and the story of redemption is upon our lips. Missions is the declaration of that story. Missions is an investment so that we can continue to declare in a lost and dying and dark world the goodness of God. God is moving. And one of the signs of end times, and Pastor Tim will speak more about this tonight, many signs. But you know one of the great signs of the Word of God is that God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And missions, a miracle missions offering, is to say, God, we're partnering with Heaven's program. Can we tell you some stories about the goodness of God and how this scarlet thread is moving throughout the nations? I'm going to invite Pastor Tim up and he's going to tell you a little bit about what's been happening with Rob and Rhonda Pope. Well, thank you, Pastor Brad. And what an amazing message. Can we just honour Pastor Brad? <clears throat> It's my honour just for a few moments to share about, you know, some of our partners in this era of missions called Robert and Rhonda Pope, and they are truly Horizon Church family. In fact, over the COVID season, they've been with us in church 
um, you know, for over the last couple of years, about 18 months, and um, they have just returned back to Central Asia uh, about two months ago to continue the work that they have been sort of doing remotely uh, all this time. And I love this message that Pastor Brad has preached about how God has a plan and a purpose for every single person, and he weaves this gospel message into the, into the fabric of people's experience so they can see Jesus for who he truly is. And, you know, the work of Robert and Rhonda Pope is so special because they operate in a space that, you know, the conventional sort of Western style of church will not be able to connect with. But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't have a plan and a purpose for every single individual in those communities. And what Robert and Rhonda have done, and are actually world leaders in this area. You know, Robert has a PhD in Islamic studies and... When he and they are engaging in their communities, which are Muslim communities, they're not coming in as an outsider with a, sort of a, a style of Christianity that would force people to change so much culturally that they are unable to accept that. No, they have a deep understanding and a deep love and a deep heart for the communities that they serve. And they minister in a way that honours uh, the gospel and actually brings about the power of God into individual lives. And you know what's amazing is the majority of the work that they do isn't actually face-to-face with the local communities. It's actually with the leaders of those local communities who have come to faith. Do you know, Robert and Rhonda themselves, in many of the communities that their ministry reaches, would not be able to walk in and have some of these conversations that are happening there. But we have, they have seen, and we have seen in partnership with them, literally dozens, hundreds of senior leaders in these communities come to a deep faith in Jesus Christ, be baptised, filled with the Spirit. And then rather than exiting their communities and going off into a, a different experience of life, they feel, these amazing leaders feel called to serve and bless and encourage their local communities. And so they're on the mission field sharing Jesus with those that they are connected with. And Robert and Rhonda Pope's uh, missionary work is really to support, equip and disciple these church planters and to help them understand the Scriptures and help them understand Jesus and work with them as they navigate the unique challenges that they face. And, you know, I love in the book of Acts, basically it is a story of the Holy Spirit breaking the bounds of convention so that all people can come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ And Robert and Rhonda Pope and our partnership with them actually is seeing this happen in a community, in an environment, in a culture that most of us would never understand with the power of God. And so I just want to encourage you when it comes to partnering for the advance of God's purposes on earth, what an amazing ministry to partner with. And it's an honour for us to do that. So I'm going to invite Alex now to share. Thanks, Tim. Give it up for Rod and Rhonda Pope. They're incredible. They've actually headed back to Indonesia just at the start of January and are continuing their work. It's my honour to speak to us about Sefeo. And if you're new on our journey, Sefeo was birthed by Josh and Belinda Groves in Missouri, Lesotho, as they walked the streets and saw them filled with kids begging and living on the streets. And they thought, you know what? This isn't right. We believe that out of... Um, that you can have excellence out of poverty. And they and so Sofeo was birthed. Sofeo is now the face that every kid who's on the street will meet. They know every single one of them and they work them with government agencies and the children themselves to place them back within an extended family and work out what school could look like for them. Now, for many of these kids, 
mainstream schooling isn't the answer because they have had a period out of schooling and the schooling system just can't cope with it. And that's where Sofeo School comes in. Sofeo School is a place of safety and acceptance. And when kids come off the streets, and they are often far too behind or afraid to go back to mainstream school. So it allows children to catch up on their education at their own pace using an accelerated curriculum, technology, individually focused learning and one-on-one tuition. In March 2020, just like the rest of the world, their world's changed. Josh and Belinda were actually out with us right now. It was actually this week, yeah, this week, two years ago, that they came out and were sharing with us about Sofeo when international borders closed and they couldn't go back to Lesotho. And all of a sudden, you saw the depth of training and development that they had actually established through their local leaders as they had to lead remotely for two years. In that time, they then realised that Sofeo School wasn't just the only solution for them and they had to respond to the community crisis because when you put a community who uh, really work day to day for their food, day to day for their living, when you put them into lockdown, it has dramatic effect. And they realised that they ought, they very quickly needed to uh, do a feeding program and, and COVID emergency response. They started feeding everyone, all the families that were connected with their school, which was over 9,000 families. In that time though, they realised there's a whole other population of this city that need feeding. And they managed to feed with their local team and local leaders, 35,000 people in a week. And they did it. Beyond that, they've realised that there's a whole um, education side of active kids because it's all good when kids are in school, but what's happening when they're out of school? And they created this, um, it's honestly so cool. It looks like, If you've been to Illawong's um, Pump BMX track, they've created one of those for free for the community to use. And as well, they've also established a childcare, an early early childhood care and development centre that is responding directly to families who are in crisis. All of this remotely. Now borders back open and they, uh, Josh and Melinda are part of our church family. Their kids are part of our kids' ministry. Sakia is an incredible youth leader and they now are splitting in their time between Sydney and Lesotho, seeing that scarlet thread woven. And they are dram- dramatically changing the streets of Lesotho every day. Thanks, Pastor Brad. Thanks, Alex. World-class missionaries in Rob and Rhonda and Josh and Belinda. Lastly, I wanted to give you an update on a partnership that Horizon Church embarked on in 2021. We felt in our heart that God was calling us to make a difference with the Indigenous communities uh, right here in Australia. And of course, uh, we felt to partner with the Bible Society and here I hold in my hand a Noongar Bible, which is the Gospel of Luke in the Noongar language. So cool. And our investment, our mission's investment have made an impact in our First Nations people. And life-changing texts such as the Lord's Prayer are already being taken into local prisons by Indigenous volunteers with great, great reception. 
as we continue to give supernaturally into our Miracle Missions offering. Uh, Matthew's Gospel is now being created in the Noongar language. And uh, shortly, Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7 will have been completed. Further translations are currently taking place in Bunbury, Western Australia. And they're developing a children, a Bible storybook in the Noongar language based on the story of Jonah. Why don't you turn your eyes to the screen and have a look at the great work that God's doing for the Noongar people. The Scarlet Thread. Don't view missions as a contribution. It is a miracle missions offering. March 27th. Can I encourage you over the next couple of weeks, come on a journey with us. Each Sunday between now and March 27th, we'll be sharing about the goodness of God and the great things that are happening in missions. Greater love has no man than this, than you would lay down your life for your friends. We have something that we can do, and that's give. And that's empower Rob and Rhonda, Josh and Belinda Groves, and of course, our partnership with the Bible Society and other things that we'll talk about. Our local school chaplains, etc. We need school chaplains, mums and dads. We really do. They are making a great difference. So can you pray? Can you go on a journey over the next few weeks and say, Holy Spirit, we don't give by compulsion, we give by revelation. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation. Say, Lord, what would you have me to do? I also want you to know, those of you who've been on this missions journey uh, with us for quite some time, we don't call it a missions offering. We call it a miracle missions offering because we wanna give by faith. So can we see the continuation of the scarlet thread? Can we see the crimson rope, the precious blood of Jesus Christ change many, many lives? Father, we thank You today for this incredible opportunity to invest and to sow into missions. We thank You, Lord, for Rob and Rhonda and Josh and Belinda, the Bible Society, all those, Lord, that we partner with. We pray, Holy Spirit, that You would empower them. We pray, Holy Spirit, that You would meet their every need. We thank You, Father, that, Lord, as we prepare to invest and to sow into the advancement of the Kingdom of God, Lord, that our offering, our good, our giving, excuse me, would be, Lord, an opportunity to see the Kingdom advance, to extend that the scarlet thread, the precious blood of Jesus would continue to change people's lives. We thank You for it. We worship You in Jesus' wonderful Name. Amen, Amen. In a moment, we'll bring our service to a close. You doing okay? Come on, can you give God a hand of praise this morning and just thank Him for the good things that He's doing. One of the cool things we got to do as a church during this COVID season is to look after Rob and Rhonda, because obviously with international borders closed and you heard Alex say as well, we got to look after Josh and Belinda and to see their three boys, their adopted boys, now active part of our church is really fantastic. And to see now Sakia as a youth leader, uh, it's just absolutely, where's Sakia serving? Force, I think, right? Yeah. See, I know more than the youth. They're all going like this. I don't know. He's in force doing a phenomenal job for Jesus. That is the power of the scarlet thread. I want to give an opportunity before we come to a close 
to those you've heard me speak about the precious blood of Jesus. Uh, why do we talk about blood? It's, it's, it's an interesting thought, it's an interesting concept, and that is because the spilling of blood, think about this, is really the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus could have done many things, but He did the greatest act that could ever, ever occur, and that is the giving of His life. Blood that came from His hands, the nail that was pierced in His feet, the crown of thorns on His head, sword that was pierced into His side, the spilling of the blood is symbolic of His great love for you and for me. That story continues. And no matter what the world does to try and stop the story, many have tried, but the scarlet thread continues and will echo through generations to come. But today, come on now, today is your opportunity to say, I wanna receive His love, His grace, his forgiveness. This is what we're going to do in a moment. We're going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ to come into our lives. Those of you who are watching online, you can pray this prayer as well. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of repentance. And it's a prayer that asks for forgiveness. He loves you so much. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes and perhaps right across the auditorium, why don't you pray this prayer after me, those of you who are watching online, you can pray this prayer as well. Why don't you say this after me? Dear Jesus, I open up my heart to You. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Be my friend. Forgive me of my past. Give me a brand new start. I receive Your love, Your forgiveness, Your acceptance. I am now set free from my past. I am now a child of God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before, you did a long time ago, but you're coming home to the love of God. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why I want you to lift up your hand so I can see you, I wanna pray for you this morning. On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you did a long time ago and you're coming home, can you lift up your hand nice and high? I wanna pray for you. Here we go, one, two, three, lift it up nice and high. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. God bless you. I see that hand up. There's anyone else. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. I wanna pray for you today. So you're opening up your heart to the love of God, maybe for the first time, or you're coming home and you're returning to God's love today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, Lord, for the person who lifted up their hand today. Thank You for grace. Thank You for forgiveness. Thank You for kindness. Thank You, Lord, for that crimson cord, that crimson rope touching people's lives right across the globe today, right across the nation and right here in our auditorium. I thank You for Your blessing and Your love. In Jesus' Name we pray. Can you say Amen? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.